0: For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Forever. Amen. Forever. Amen. Good morning. It's great to be with you. Uh, as a kid, I did all the parts of prayer that we've been talking about these last few weeks. I confessed my sin to God. I uh, said thanks to God for various things, and I asked for God for a lot of things, but I wasn't satisfied with that. I didn't want to just talk to God. I wanted God to talk to me. I wanted to hear from God. And in particular, in my youth, what I looked for in terms of the voice of God was a miraculous sign. That's the way I, got, I wanted God to speak to me. I had heard about Moses and the burning bush, and I wanted my burning bush moment. I have this really distinct memory of being in my my front yard, and my parents, uh, I had a dream of becoming an NFL quarterback. I grew up uh, admiring Joe Montana uh, and then Steve Young, and I wanted to be like them. And uh, my parents rigged up a... um, a tire swing uh, hanging from a tree and i had one football and so i would be out there practicing throwing it through the tire right and i i get it and i'd i'd throw it and inevitably i I'd, I'd, I'd miss and i'd just go and i'd pick up the ball and i'd come to this side and i you know i'd try it again and i'd throw it through and every once in a while i would i would make it through usually I'd maybe hit the tire or just completely miss and And I was just kind of out there practicing and throwing it, thinking about my dream of being an NFL quarterback, and I got the idea to pray about it. And I said, God, oh, God, I made this big dramatic prayer out there by myself in middle school, probably seventh or eighth grade. I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, give me a sign. Lord, if I'm going to be an NFL quarterback one day, would you make this ball go through the tire swing? Okay. But I thought, oh, if I'm just right here, well, it could be a fluke. No, 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 I'm going to throw it from way over here. Okay. And I stood farther from the tire swing than I had ever even attempted to throw it. And I said, oh God, if I make it through this tire swing, it must be a miracle from you, oh God. Give me a sign. And I did my, imagine I'm in Super Bowl, right? I do my, I do my three-step drop and I launch it. Some of you thought I was going to throw it at you, didn't you? No, 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 I know better, I know better. Okay, so I launched the ball, an unbelievably perfect spiral, which was not my custom at the time. It goes through right through the hole, doesn't touch anything. And I'm like falling on my knees and I'm like, God, thank you. My miraculous sign, my dream will come true. All this work that I'm doing with the tie. oh God, I will be a future NFL quarterback. Now, some of you are laughing, but I want you to know I am actually younger than Tom Brady, okay? So it's still possible, okay? It still might come true, but I, I was so excited that God had given me this miraculous sign that I, Matt Robbins, will be an NFL quarterback one day. I'm like, so excited. I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> I want another sign. Right? Do I, am I satisfied? No, no, God, give me another sign. So I, I walk over and I pick up a basketball. Only it was a much manlier basketball than what you see before me. This is, this is my daughter Hannah's basketball, okay? It was, it was like, a, it was like a, you know, an orange one. And I, I said, oh, God, give me another sign, oh, Lord. Uh, I'm not very good at shooting baskets. Uh, but, God, uh, you can make it go in. So if you are proud of me, oh, God, if you love me, Make this ball go in, okay? And I don't go to the free throw line. I don't go to the three-point the three line. I stand behind the three-point line. Oh, God, if you're proud of me, if you love me, make it go in. And I throw, I throw it up, and what happens? Was it a swish? No, it was an air ball. It was air ball. I, I didn't even come, I didn't hit the rim. I didn't hit the back, but I didn't hit anything. Completely missed, right? I'm like... Not only is this not a sign that God loves me, but he made it go so far away, he must hate me. And I fell down on the ground and I cried. And I said, oh my gosh, in the future one day, I will be an NFL quarterback that God hates. <laughs> and there's a lot of them out there, it seems, at times, right? And, and then, I, and then I, after I stopped crying, I thought to myself, this whole sign thing is stupid. <laughs> Forget it. It doesn't, you know, I, I just, you know, uh, it's just dumb, you know, and I, and I stopped uh, for at least a season asking for miraculous signs from God. I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna take a break from the miraculous signs. But I still had that yearning to hear from God, to have my prayers be some kind of dialogue. And over the years, I found that the primary way in which God is going to speak to me is through the Bible, is through the Word of God. Now, do I believe that God still speaks through signs and wonders and dreams and visions? Yes, I do. I've had too many friends that give testimony to moments like that disbelieve them? Yes, I think God speaks like that. Do I believe God can speak through other people? Yes, absolutely. There's been so many times which I feel like a word from God has come from a trusted brother or sister in Christ. Do I believe that God speaks through like a stirring in our heart and like kind of an impression the Holy Spirit gives us? Yes, I do believe that. But I want to tell you today that I believe the primary way that God speaks to us is through the Bible, is through the Word of God. It's also the only authoritative way in which God speaks. We we say uh, we say it's the it's the only authoritative rule for matters of faith and practice. This is this is how we actually know the revealed truth of God, and any other way in which God, we think maybe God is speaking or leading us, we hold up to the test of does it conform to the word of God? As I was preparing for uh, this prayer series, one of the things that I did is I met with our uh, awesome youth group maybe five, six weeks ago, and I asked them, hey, talk to me, and we're going to be doing this prayer series. Give me some questions that you have about prayer. They gave me great questions. One of them was this. He said, how can we hear from God? How can we discern his voice from our own voice? Have you you ever had that experience where you're praying and you feel like maybe there's some kind of message for you, some kind of impression God has given you you, you, and then you ask, wait a minute, is that God? Or is that just my imagination? It's a great, great question. So I don't know if my answer is going to fully satisfy the question, but I want to give the best answer that I can give. I think the main answer is to study the word of God in order to recognize the voice of God. So if we are thinking we're hearing something from God, if we read it in his word, well, I think it's very likely and reliable that in fact that is the voice of God. If it conforms to the word of God, if it agrees with the word of God, particularly in my case, uh, when it calls me to sacrifice my own kind of sinful desires in order to obey the word of God and honor God. Well, that's, that's almost always the voice of God. If it flows out of study of the word of God, if we are saturating our minds in the word of God and then it comes to us, it's very likely, I think, to be the leading of God. The Word of God is where we learn to recognize the voice of God. So if you have not been in the Word, if, you, if, if, the, if the Bible is just not part of your normal uh, repertoire, then I think it's much more likely that in your prayers you're just going to encounter your own imagination. So as we continue to study our study of prayer, I want to vote today devote today to seeing what role does the Bible play as the word of God in our prayer life? The word of God, it grounds our prayers in the God revealed in the Bible. What it does, one of the things that it does is it protects us from praying to a God of our own imagination, a God that we could dream up, a God that we could control An idol. You see, every conversation that we have with anybody is conditioned by who it is we're talking to. I mean, just think about it in your interpersonal communication uh, in your own life. Do you speak to your child and your parent in the same way? Do you interact with your peers in the same way you would interact with your teacher? Uh, Do you interact with a friend the same way you interact with a stranger? You you don't, right? Depending on who we're talking to, it modifies our speech, and the Bible reveals to us who God is. His power, holiness, character, and love. All of those things that we learn here, they condition how it is that we pray to God. I also want to offer one more thought for you before we kind of dive into scripture and this kind of uh, prayer exercise I want to lead you in. Uh, and, and that is uh, this thought. Um, we often approach prayer, I know I so often have approached prayer as though I'm the first one to speak, right? As though I am initiating relationship with God and then waiting to hear a response. But a much more kind of biblically grounded way to approach prayer and to conceptualize about prayer is to actually realize that God spoke first, And what Eugene Peterson says, he says that we need to come to grips, we need to come to be able to grasp the overwhelming previousness of God's word to our prayers. This has been around long before we ever spoke. And the call to us in faith and the gift to us of Christ and the gift to us of the revealed word came long before we were ever able to utter any words of prayer to God. Peterson goes on to talk about how we must listen and study and think and reflect and pray about God's word until there is an answering response in our hearts. So as we think about the dialogue with God to firmly have a sense, God, you have spoken and I seek your voice in this book and then my prayers become a response to you. Now when I approach the Bible in general I have two I mean lots of different ways I approach the Bible in my in my own life but you could you could basically categorize them into two different camps one is the academic approach to the Bible So if I'm preparing to preach or to lead a Bible study or if I'm reflecting on some key theological concept, I would take a more academic approach to the Bible. You might read commentaries, do some language study, you you know, you, you look at maps. I mean, you just kind of take this academic approach that maybe a lot of you do in your own Bible study. There is a whole nother form of approaching the word that I do in my devotional life, in my prayer life. And because we're in a series of prayer, uh, that's the piece that I wanna focus on now. Not so much the academic study of the Bible, but the more devotional prayer uh, encounter with the Bible in which I'm actually seeking to encounter the voice of God to me in that day. Oh God, is there a a word that you have for me this day? Now, I'm trying to get away from, and mostly get away from, uh, the old way I used to approach scripture, which is to, to, to take it, and I call it the fortune cookie method. Anybody ever do the fortune cookie method of reading scripture? I see a lot of laughter. What you do, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, God, you know, I haven't done this Bible thing in a while. Let me try it out, you know, see if you got something for me. And you're like, you crack it open and you uh, close your eyes and you point And it says, when Hiram, I'm not, I'm, this is, when Kira, Hiram king of Tyre heard that Solomon had been anointed king to succeed his father, David, he sent envoys to Solomon. And then you close it and you're like, okay, what, what's the message for my life, God? What is it? I, I need to send an envoy. What, what, you know? Right. Uh, You know, every once in a while that yields some fruit, but a lot of times you end up and you're like, what? I don't know. The Bible doesn't work. Okay. Uh, I want to um, I want to introduce you to a couple of ways in which I try to uh, approach the Bible in just kind of a, a daily devotional life. Uh, seeking to encounter that voice of God, which has spoken and which continues to speak, we believe that Scripture is living and active, and that God meets with us in Scripture. And so, I want to introduce you to a couple ways that I seek to do on a regular basis, in hopes that they could be helpful to you. Okay, so for the first one, how many of you brought your prayer journal back? Let me see. All right, fantastic. I'm going to see the prayer journal. That's just a hand. I need proof. Uh, Fantastic. Look at those prayer journals. Okay, so the beginning of the series, we gave out prayer journals. We do have extras in the back. It's a free gift to you. If you never got one, you can uh, pick one up there. For those of you that don't have a prayer journal, we anticipated that would happen. And there's paper. Look at the Bibles in the pew. There's uh, sheets of paper stuck into the Bibles. And so you can grab a Bible. There's like five sheets of paper in every Bible. So you just, you just probably need one or two of those. So I want everyone to get either your prayer journal or one of those pieces of paper from the Bible. Uh, Grab a Bible from the pew or If you have a Bible app on your phone, I invite you to take that out. If you don't have that, I recommend the YouVersion Bible app. It's it's very, very uh, popular, very, very good. So what you want right now is uh, either your journal or paper. You want the Bible, and you want a pen or a pencil. There's also some pencils in the pews in front of you. So, And again, if you never got a journal, you can go out at the back and grab one. So do most people in the room have those items? Okay. So, and uh, along with the prayer journal uh, several weeks ago, I gave you this bookmark which was in the journal. I believe there are extras of this bookmark also in the pews in front of you, so you can also look for this bookmark, uh, or if you, don't, if you can't find one in the pew, you can look on with a friend. So, now we're prepared. I want to introduce you uh, once again, invite you once again, uh, into my uh, sacred space here, Uh, this is uh, what I have in my office and I have had uh, set up in my office. uh, I first did this when I was uh, a pastor in Davis, California. I took the whole thing to Florida and when I was a pastor in Florida, I had to set up my office and I have it set up in my office now. Uh, So this is a a well-traveled Ikea chair, okay? So uh, what I do uh, when I'm uh, wanting to really connect with God, I, I usually sit in this space. Um, I have this kind of funky candle, I kind of, you know, go through different things, Uh, and I have learned by experience to have this self-extinguishing candle, so I don't burn the church office down again. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding, Sue. (laughs) Okay, so I usually kind of light a candle, Uh, I put on uh, some kind of instrumental music. These are all things that maybe you don't need, but for me, I need them because I'm easily uh, distracted. Um, I have kind of, kind of my setup. My, by the way, some of you think that she's sleeping. No, this lady is praying and inspires me to pray. Um, and, and what I do, you, you, I, I've kind of explained to you guys before um, the, the front of the bookmark. And we practiced that, you know, several weeks ago, about a month ago. We practiced that in church, uh, which is just kind of you writing in the prayer journal. Okay, the time, the date, a greeting to God, a thanksgiving. And then reflecting on the day before. So that is necessary for me just to calm down my, my mind, my heart. Uh, it it, it kind of helps all the different things that are swirling around in my mind to settle down, and it, and it gets me to kind of that quiet, still place. So uh, I, have the, I have the Pandora app uh, is my way of playing music uh, that is kind of—I usually— Kind of instrumental hymns. I'll give you a little. You hear that? Can you hear it? Okay. All right. So I'm setting the scene for myself, and I'm and I'm doing the first part of that, trying to just sort of settle myself in and be ready to encounter the living God. So if you flip the bookmark over, you see the reading portion. This is the part that I want to invite you to practice today. I'm going to give you some time. Uh, right here in the worship service to do that. Uh, You can see that I've written here on the reading. It says, read a short portion of scripture. I want to recommend today Psalm 1 because that's what I'm going to preach on in just a couple minutes. And so you can go ahead and have some time to meditate and reflect on Psalm 1 before I preach on it. So you read a short portion of the scripture and I usually like to read it multiple times. So I'll read it at least twice And I often will do that at least once out loud. It just kind of changes the way you experience it. So you could listen to it, you could read it out loud, you could just read it silently different ways and read it multiple times. And here's the thing, as opposed to just purely an academic approach to it, um, I approach it prayerfully and expectantly asking God to meet with me. God, I'm, I'm looking for you in this text. I'm looking for your presence. I'm looking for your spirit. I'm looking for your voice to me would you, would you meet with me? Would you, would, you, would you speak to me through this text? And then I'll, I'll read, say, the whole Psalm 1 multiple times. And then I begin to ask God, is there, is there, is there something for me here? And then I just look for, is there, is there maybe one verse in the Psalm that really sticks out to me? And then I, I write that out by hand in the, in the prayer journal. And so I want to invite you to do that where you're going to quietly in your seat, have time to read through the psalm. You can, you can mutter it out, out loud if you want, say it, uh, or just keep it quiet in your mind, however you want to do that. Uh, and then look for the, what's the one verse that sticks out to you the most? And I slowly kind of, uh, it's the one part of my prayer journal that I try to make, write a little bit neater. <laughs> um, And then after I write it out, I look within the verse and I say, what within this verse is really speaking to me? And I might underline or circle a word, a phrase, or a couple different words. And and then I just chew on that. I I meditate on that, reflect on that. Why, Why this scripture? Christian meditation is different from a lot of Eastern meditation traditions in this. A lot of Eastern meditation traditions are about emptying your mind of conscious thought uh, but Christian meditation is actually uh, filling your mind with Scripture and looking for the voice of God within it, and so, uh, and so it's like chewing on that. What's the word? Say the word multiple times, the phrase over and over again. Just and then and then just sit and listen and say, God, what is it that you want to speak to me? And then I might just write uh, out of that a couple sentences to God, and then I sit and I listen. A second time. This is how I seek to create a, a, a sense of a dialogue uh, with God over the word. So before I go any farther, I actually want to give you guys a chance to do that. Uh, so you can cut out your prayer journals, your, your, your pens. You can open to Psalm 1. Hey, if you want to do a different scripture, that's totally uh, up to you. And we can just kind of play some music in this room. And I'll just give you about five minutes to do that now. So I wish I could give you all day to continue, uh, but there's more to say and do. But I just want to encourage you this as a practice that you can take with you and you can use in the future. We can take the, the music down now. Uh, this is uh, the most common way in which I just approach the scripture in prayer. I'm not saying it's the, the best way or the only way, but it's, it's, it's one way. And I uh, just encourage you to do it. So in my, in my time just now, uh, I wrote out some scripture and the words, some words that really stood out to me were the word delight, meditates, and streams of water. And I just try to ask God, why, why is it those things really stick out to me in the scripture? And I just feel like I need a reminder of the joy that we have in the Lord. It's not all burden and duty, but the joy of the Lord and the streams of water just... I just yearn to be connected to the streams of living water that sustain us. And so then I would just sort of sit uh, with God and just kind of receive that. And thank you for that encouragement. And so I commend that practice to you. I want to also, uh, before we uh, go on, I want to do some teaching on Psalm 1. Uh, another uh, uh, practice that I do, sometimes I, I approach this way. There's an app uh, that I want to tell you about called Pray As You Go. Anybody ever heard of Pray As You Go? Uh, it's actually uh, put out by the, the Jesuit order within the Catholic Church. Uh, but It's really become quite an ecumenical uh, movement. And you can go to any of your app stores and you download Pray As You Go, uh, the app there. And then you, if you open it and uh, you show the next slide, uh, this is what it looks like. And there's just a daily prayer. And it's about 12 minutes long, usually a little bit shorter on the weekends. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little taste of that. Uh, this is something that I do um, kind of changes it up for my prayer journaling. I can do it maybe if I have too much energy. I can't sit still. I need to walk. I can go and walk. I can do it in the gym. I can do it while I'm driving because it's an, an audio clip. And uh, pray as you go uh, sounds something like this. All right, we'll see. if I'm going I'm to put this to my phone, my app, and give you a taste. Now, you're going to notice everyone has a, a British accent here. So hopefully you can understand. was the will of the lord. Okay. All right, I guess set to the beginning. All right. I'm going to go to Sunday and okay, it kind of starts like this. Today is Sunday the 17th of October, beginning the 29th week of ordinary time kind of always sets the scene in terms of where we are in the kind of liturgical year. Are we approaching Christmas, Easter, ordinary time? And it starts off with a, a song, really eclectic. It could be from a South African choir or a, a Cambridge choir or just an American worship leader. So it gives you kind of a song that kind of helps kind of bring you into the thing. We'll see if I can skip ahead to give you a little taste. Uh, Then we have... the will of the Lord shall prosper. Then we have a little scripture. Out of his anguish, he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. So, you have a a taste of scripture. They read it a couple of times. Uh, Then they give us reflective questions uh, that we can listen to. As I listen to the passage again, I can ask God's help to move from my head to my heart. What does my heart say in response to the gospel? The grace that covers even me. So, if you like apps, audio, or British accents, <laughs> this is one I want to commend to you. So, there's this prayer journaling exercise of what I kind of showed you, what you have in the bookmark. There's pray as you go. Those are both two options for kind of meditative, reflective, prayerful approach to scripture in which you're seeking to hear the voice of God. Now, let's go back to Psalm 1, and I want to look at that with you and see if there's anything more that God would say to you today from Psalm 1. So, at this point, I want to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. This is the Word of God. By the way, the reason that I always ask you to stand for the reading uh, is because I want to really highlight that this moment is definitely the Word of God. Okay, anything else that I say, that could just be Matt. But this moment, this is special. Okay, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law by day and night. That person is like a tree Lord, we pray that you would reveal yourself in this word and have something to say to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Okay, to help us illustrate uh, this uh, point, uh, I may or may not have borrowed an orchid from Sue McKinney's office, okay? And uh, it might be precious to her. We're not really totally sure. Um, And also, I have some chemicals. OK, here we have miracle grow for orchids, plant food, mist. And I've read the directions thoroughly and I learned that you're not supposed to spray it on the flowers. You're supposed to spray it on the leaves. So theoretically, if I was to spray this, if I knew how to use it, if I was to spray this on a leaf, uh, according to the directions, that plant would flourish. I also have another chemical called Roundup, okay? And I love this chemical. I, I spray this on weeds and they die, right? This is like the power of death in my hands to just kill the weeds and give myself cancer at the same time. And, and, uh, and uh, now, now, Sue, if I was to spray this on the orchid, bad things would happen to it and probably to me <laughs> later, Right? Well, the Psalm, Psalm 1, uh, Psalms is the prayer book of the Bible, but the very first Psalm is about the Word of God, and it compares us and our souls and our very beings to a plant, and it tells us that different things happen to that plant depending on what we put on the plants. Is it miracle grow? Or is it Roundup? And it cautions us to choose wisely what we drink. Blessed in verse one, blessed is the one who does not do the following three things. Blessed is the one who does not, basically, drink these three forms of poison. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company. Of mockers, Three images, uh, all physical actions of walking, sitting, standing with people that are of bad influence. The wicked is like a criminal, a perverse person willing to compromise their values for personal gain, willing to plot against other people. And if you're walking in step with them, it means you're not opposing them. You're walking along, you're hearing their plans, you're absorbing it, and you're going right along. If you stand in the way that sinners take, it means a sinner is someone who breaks God's law and who is not orienting their life based on the word of God. This is not the path that they are on. They're on some other path, probably their own personal pleasure. And if we are kind of in the same path as them, then that is what we associate with and that is what we are absorbing and the third is to sit in the company of mockers, to sit and to, to fellowship and to kind of be be, be be one socially with those who are scoffing at sacred things, those who everything is okay as long as it's funny and would desecrate things of value, such as God and other people. And, and if we are with those people, we are soaking up that influence. Psalm 1 says, don't drink that poison. I I, I found in high school, I had this seasonal variation to my behavior. Uh, I found that in particularly in the the summer, the pretty late summer and the fall, I found myself cussing a lot, usually in Spanish. (laughs) And my parents wondered, where is this coming from? Anyway, I knew exactly where it was coming from. I, I was on the football team in summer and fall and that's primarily what everyone did. There was a lot of cussing on the team and I just sort of soaked it in and it would just kind of come out of me in all other occasions, right? Uh, and it was obviously coming from, well, this is just an environment I'm kind of soaked in. I uh, would find myself in kind of the early summer going to a lot of like church camps, church retreats, a lot of my church friends. So do you think that I was like, singing hallelujah and and quoting scripture a lot. No, when I was with my church friends, I tended to blow things up and light things on fire. I don't know what, my church friends were a bad influence on me, okay? Youth group, I'm sure it's not true with us, right? Here, but that's what it was like for me. But in the like winter and spring, uh, I was with my AP friends, my, my, my friends from the advanced placement classes, because we had tests coming up, and I found myself studying a lot. Depending on which kind of group I was with, I had totally different behaviors. And parents, we think about this a lot about our youth, right? We don't want our youth, our children, to fall in with the wrong crowds because they're, we think they're kind of uh, young and impressionable and easily influenced, right? So we worry and we stress about that. But adults, aren't you so glad that now that you have arrived in adulthood, you are now immune to influence. Amen? Yeah, we now can no longer be led astray by the influences on our life. Am I right? No? I'm totally wrong, right? You actually, We actually never grow out of that. All of our days, we are influenced by the things that we soak in. Now, 3,000 years ago, uh, when... Psalms like this are being written. The only way that humans could influence one another is by being together in person. I mean, there was a few people who could read or write, but overwhelmingly, human influence was from direct physical human contact. I'm conversing with you in person. Nowadays, because of the the invention of, of all the technology, all the forms of media that we have, we can encounter human influence in a wide variety of ways, right? We have... Just from just from the power of our phone, from our radios, from our TV, we can be influenced by people all over the world. We encounter it in all kinds of different ways. If we listen to talk radio, you know what? Talk radio is really just 24-7 anger and opinions. And when we listen to talk radio, we become angry people. We immerse ourselves for hours listening to recorded music with lyrics that talk about love and hate and anger and sex and how rich and famous and good-looking the singer is. We watch movies and television (laughs) in all night marathons in Netflix binges for hours every week that enter into our minds and influence us in all kinds of different ways. And then there's advertisements. We are saturated with advertisements. Research has shown that the average American is exposed to between 4,000 and 10,000 advertisements per day. Now, it's not just a, a 30-second commercial. It also involves logos and taglines that are blinking, you know, on the margins of whatever it is we're looking at. And then there's celebrity endorsements. There is an whole science and research that studies you and your likes and your demographic, your age, everything. They put it together and they find a celebrity that you're likely to trust. Then they pay that celebrity to cash in the trust to influence you to buy a product. We are constantly soaking in these messages. And the psalmist who wrote Psalm 1 would probably never have imagined that we would have a device in our pocket that can connect us in a moment's notice with any form of influence anywhere on the earth. What do we use it for? What do we use it for? I think, at least part of the time, we use it to drink poison. We use it to drink Roundup into our soul and it brings death and destruction to us. But the other side of it is this, verse two. But blessed is the one who, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Happy, fortunate, blessed is the one who is able to block out some of that poison and spend some time marinating in this, seeking the voice of God, seeking the miracle grow of the word of God. Blessed is that person who meditates, who chews on, who who mutters, who thinks about, who considers the word of God. God will use it to speak, speak to you, to shape you, to grow you, and to guide you. In verse three, it says, that person is like a tree Planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. The person who on a regular basis, day and night, is is chewing on the word, reflecting, saying the word, writing the word, hearing the word, uh, looking for the voice of God. They are drinking in like that stream of living water that's able to see us through those dry times. The, The leaf doesn't wither because we're not just relying on the occasional rain. We're planted by that flowing stream, which is always infusing us with the life force of God. And it yields its fruit in season. Now, this I think is really important for us because, again, when we approach the Bible, like, you know, once every six months we do the fortune cookie thing, right? We have no sense, we're looking for some kind of instantaneous result. I don't know any lives that have been radically changed by just every six months doing this, right? It yields its fruit in season. What ends up happening when you, when you develop a discipline of a, of a regular practice of just soaking in the word of God, drinking the water day by day by day, then in season, in due time, the fruit comes. It's not... You open the Bible and instantaneous, you're a new person. You, you soak in it. You soak in the spirit. You, you look for God's voice every day in the word. And over time, it soaks into you and you begin to bear fruit. Jesus very much wanted his disciples to bear fruit. Fruit that gives life to other people. Fruit that multiplies faith. Fruit that blesses. Fruit that comes out in our our character, in our behavior. Fruit in which people can taste that fruit from us and they taste faith and belief in God. They taste the character of God as demonstrated by our actions. That's the kind of life we bring to the world when we have soaked ourselves in the word of God. In verse four, it says, not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. What is chaff? Maybe some of you wonder, what is chaff? Chaff is the husk uh, of the grain. So if you're threshing wheat, you're separating the wheat kernel from the kind of just the dry husk around it. And as you're keeping the kernel, like the, 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 the husk, the, the chaff would just blow away in the wind. The closest thing that we have in Milpitas and San Jose is Autumn leaves, when they're going to fall, eventually they're going to be brown and kind of crackly, just kind of blowing around on the ground. That's the image that we have for when we just soak ourselves in poison. If we drink the roundup, so to speak, of the world, the poison, eventually we end up like the chaff, like the blowing leaves that are just kind of crumply on the ground. But if we're drinking the miracle grow of the word, then we become like Sue's prized orchid. Right Or like a citrus tree that's kind of giving fruit to the world. Which one do you want to be? Which one do you want to become? Verse 5. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. I used to read this like, if I do my daily quiet time, then God's going to give me a blessing. Like it's like a transaction, right? I, that's not, I don't think, how it works. I think it's more like natural consequences, right? You see that at the bottom when it says, the way of the wicked leads to destruction. If we just simply live in the way of the wicked, if we simply orient our life drinking the poison, it leads to death. It's a natural way. But a life soaked in the word of God and in listening for the voice of God and the word of God leads to life. He close us in prayer and then I'll invite us to sing our closing song. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in fact you have spoken and you continue to speak and you will speak to us. I pray over everyone in this room that we would be more inspired to seek you in your word and that we would feel equipped and ready to seek you and that by your sovereign grace, your mercy, and your love, that you would reveal yourself more and more through your word every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you are a a covenant partner uh, with us, I want to just remind you, uh, there's the pizza over there and then also the meeting at noon. We'd love to have you uh, be at that. Hey, if you're a guest with us, thank you so much for joining us. And we just can't wait to just have you back here. We'd love to get to know you. Uh, so please uh, seek us out. And we'd love to connect you with ways in which you can connect deeper in the life uh, of the church. So here now, the benediction, the blessing uh, as you go out. May you know that you are loved, that you are sought out, that God has initiated a relationship with you. May you be free of the need for a burning bush, a miraculous throw through a tire swing. May you be empowered to find God in his word and may it sustain you and give you life and keep your leaves from withering and may you bear fruit in season. God bless you.